0: thumbs up two thumbs up (laughs) hello 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 how are you doing
1: i'm good thanks how are you
0: i'm good i'm good i'm gonna be honest i'm a little tired but i've gone through your stuff i've gone through the pdf
1: thank you um i I, you know elisa hadigan and i we got these documents on september 1st and really it all came together in a fairly short period of time. Like the research, the writing, in some ways though, like the concepts that are underlying it, we've been thinking and talking about for a A long long time.
0: time. Yeah. You're just waiting for the emails with headers and subject matter, and then you can put it all together. Cause you've been following everything pretty closely. You've been talking with Jeremy and others. So you really had a good idea of what they believed was going on so when you made those requests you kind of knew what you were targeting did you help with the actual no, request? in
1: fact uh the requests were made completely independently of us um oh, cool. when the documents were obtained and they were figuring out well what do we do with this information and you know i was given an opportunity to review it and from that realized that there was an important story that needed to be told
0: wonderful okay so,
1: stories actually
0: okay so you kind of went into it not First, you didn't request it. So, someone else requested it and brought him yeah, to you.
1: Yeah. yeah so, it's in, in, in some ways, it's, you know, the efforts of people who were just doing their own thing, but trying to do the right thing coalescing.
0: Cool. You, you can't really talk about who it was. It was just a member of the public that passed it over.
1: Member of the public. Yeah.
0: Excellent. And it was one batch from that person or a couple people?
1: One batch from that person.
0: Well, then to that person.
1: For sure, for sure. Credit where it's due.
0: For sure. Um, and did you get to see the application or the what they filed for so you know what they were targeting and looking for?
1: Yes. Um, so it, it was a fairly limited in scope. Um, it was okay. looking for references to Diagolon, Diagolon the militia, um, for approximately a year ending in August 2022.
0: All right, so why August? That's when the request
1: 2022? was filed, and it took okay. about a year for all of these meetings to happen for the redactions to take place for them right. to finally release the documents.
0: Okay. So that's, that's reasonable, I guess, considering all things considered, you probably yeah. would want it faster than that. Yeah. C-
1: compared to other situations where it can be a multi-year process, that's good. But you know, the actual turnaround time in the legislation is much shorter than that, but it's, it's hard to sort of force, force it, in it. hand. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You can't go in there and tell them to open your filing cabinets. You just really have to wait. Um, And and do you know if there was a lot of back and forth on clarification of documents or they just, they understood and they were able to do it in one go?
1: Uh, I'm not sure the process um, in its entirety. I do know that there were several meetings, like external meetings to my understanding, where they, like the government was deciding what could or couldn't be released because of national security implications.
0: All right, so I haven't seen the eleven hundred pages. I just saw your 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 uh, write up. What do we call this? An affair or expose? Um, so I saw that. So I haven't seen the other documents. But was there a good chunk of them redacted?
1: Um, there, there were some redactions. Um, I would say the most frustrating aspect of redactions is where um, an email referred to an attachment, and that attachment was not included.
0: Okay. And would there be an explanation, like under section whatever this is redacted, or just not there?
1: No, it's uh, in other freedom of information requests I've seen, um, they actually specify what provision uh, is justifying the redaction. Here, it was interesting how it was done. Um, It wasn't even a like a black sort of redaction. What we're we're used
0: to, yeah, black parts. Yeah, it
1: was like a whiteout. So in some places, it was hard to say. Is there a redaction here? Did the sentence just end here? Like what's going on? Um, so I don't know if that's par for the course um with the RCMP or what decision was made to make it hard to read.
0: (laughs) Do you think there might have been a little malicious or trying to just hide it with the white out? Because black, you see it everywhere, but do you think they might have been trying to uh, to hide it?
1: It would have been a lot easier if it was in black honestly I can't speak to it it's that's a possible explanation um there are other possible explanations so mm-hmm. wherever possible I try not to speculate malice just
0: yeah of course I like overwhelming
1: that. thought, and yeah. you know it, we don't have like I don't know but it's it's a it's a real possibility
0: okay I already like you now you like evidence before you even speculate so that's really cool I like that that's not everybody and you know that um, is there any other requests? Are you going to do some follow-up FOIs? Like try to get those attachments, specifically target them.
1: I think that already in progress, there are some follow-up FOIs. Um, and I am starting to make inquiries, um, just about some of the the findings. So, uh, I, I do see this as a first step in a right. multi-step process and, you know, one that there are lots of branches extending in different directions
0: excellent so where was the first request sent to rcmp
1: um it, it uh it targeted rcmp it was a federal policing request but it was to okay. um to the federal government I, I i'm not sure the exact department
0: and did that open up any CSIS related stuff or was it just all
1: CSIS it did came about a little bit in the documents um that's probably where the heaviest redactions existed uh understandably um Right. So, you know, everything in the report is with the caveat that we will never know all of the information. We'll never know all of the investigative techniques um, simply because that's something that the government has no interest to disclose and can justify withholding.
0: Well, if you, they at least clarify which sections are, are being used to do the redaction in, in the future, you might be able to open things up. Mm-hmm. Um, like in the United States, they sometimes have a 75 year limit and then things can come out, uh, in Canada, are you aware of anything like that? Uh,
1: I'm not sure actually. I, I don't know if we have a, an equivalent provision.
0: Yeah. Cause you'll be close to probably 90 at that time. <laughs> um, and then we'll be closer to getting it cause you're young, right. And you're just kicking some ass. Um. And by the way, you looked really cool on that uh, electric scooter uh, video. (laughs) You you. looked like you floated across the ground. It was really neat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're a lot of fun. I highly recommend them as a mode of transportation.
0: Yeah, very good. Um, Okay, so it took about a month or so to get everything together?
1: No, it took about 11 days.
0: Oh, wow. So you you had more than 15 minutes to do it then, which is kind of cool.
1: Yeah, we worked really hard um, in that. Relatively short time span, um, and it's it's funny because one of the things that came about that we thought was a bit odd or concerning um, was this 15-minute report where intelligence yeah. analysts were asked to cobble together um, a high-level briefing for key officials in 15 minutes, and we were fairly critical of that. Understanding, mm-hmm. of course, that sometimes in fast-paced, high-pressure situations, that type of turnaround is not unheard of, but what came about was essentially a copy-paste job. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, even though we had a relatively short time frame, we worked with, I can say that we went through every page, um, you know, we have the notes to prove it, we have the highlights to prove it. Um, and just really, like, crunched.
0: Now, did you have any direction from somebody or what to focus on? Not, like, creating a, a narrative or anything, but just said, hey, let's focus on anti-hate network or or you just read it and said, okay, here's where we need to start focusing on
1: Yeah, Yeah, the story um, sort of wrote itself in some ways um, just as we started seeing patterns. Um, so the first few packages, uh, it was just raw information that we were going through and then once we kind of got a sense of some of the characters involved, um, you know, things that were repeating, um, we, after it was all laid out, um, I, I went through our raw notes and started piecing together more of a, a structure.
0: No, please tell me you had a wall full of paper with the red strings as well as you're putting this together for <laughs> real. Please tell me you did that.
1: You know that it, it makes for a good visual, um, it does. and I won't I won't uh, disabuse anyone of the notion. Um, how about I say that uh, our 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 methods uh, aspects of that are redacted. Um, okay. But, uh, <laughs> Google Docs actually um, figured heavily into um, Elisa and I being able to be in sure different places and sort of still collaborate in real time.
0: That's cool. So while you're working at the doc, you can see what she's doing and, and all that kind of stuff, that kind of sharing. Yeah. Yeah. That's neat. Cause it looks like a ghost writer sometimes while you're working the bloop a p- paragraph or something pops up. It's kind of neat.
1: It's now a just the two the you... function at times as well.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now the <laughs> two of you worked on that. Did you have an editor or just the two of you did that?
1: It was just the two of us. Um, and wow. you know, we published it on Cryer media. So Dean Blendell, um, With someone who I was in touch with throughout the process um, just sort of getting feedback or thoughts on how we present a whack load of information in a way that you know
0: digestible yeah
1: yeah. And, and even I recognize that because of the length of the report that compromises its digestibility to some extent but we felt it was important to get it all out there and subsequently there can be distillations but um, everything we put was included for a reason.
0: Okay, cool. So what I did is I have long drives. So I was driving from near Edmonton down to past uh, Calgary. That's like a five-hour drive. And I used uh, the Adobe read, a, read out loud part. So I just hit on the PDF and, yeah, it read it to me as I was driving. It's a good way to consume it. If uh, Not a lot of people like to read sometimes, uh, but it's a good way to consume it uh do you know if there's any other media going to be coming out like uh, an audiobook type of thing or somebody making a video or anything like that
1: um i think that there is a well of creative energy um that can be (laughs) tapped into and sort of takes a life on its own um so i'm not aware of the specifics of anything i just know the journalists who i'm talking to and sort of working to promote it as widely as possible for people who need to hear it like MPs, MPs, MPPs, um, local politicians. Um, so I'm, I'm active on that front. Mm -hmm. However, it inspires people. We, it remains to be seen.
0: That's cool. So would you encourage people to go ahead and do some fan things with it?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Go wild. Um, there's a lot of material, the original like freedom of information documents are also available. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's open source. Um, there's nothing that is opaque about our process here. Um, mm-hmm. And like I said, this is just one particular project. There's yeah. a lot of offshoots um, that could come about. That's but exciting. I would encourage people, you know, if they are doing that to be as open-minded as possible in the way they approach it. Um, One of the key issues that we perceived in the way the RCMP handled this file was what looked like tunnel vision. And Mm -hmm. what that means is, you know, they had a conclusion in their mind and any evidence they came across along the way, if it supported their narrative, they used it, they overemphasized it, they made tenuous connections from it. If it did not support their conclusion, it was simply discarded and not talked about. Um, and yeah. that's, you know, that's counterproductive uh, if the goal is fact finding and truth finding. So, you know, anyone who is dipping their toes into it, you you kind of have to go in with an open mind um, and one where, you know, there's you're you're open to possibilities.
0: Now, there's a whole bunch of things that can come out of this. For example, they may change policy. They may do things differently. Somebody might have evidence in a court case. The public starts to understand things. Of all of the things i mentioned and, and in the others, what were the main reasons uh, or, or main hopes that this would uh, initiate? Uh, what, what things you were hoping would happen from this?
1: It's an interesting question. Um, as we were writing it, I don't know that there was a particular...
0: Are you claiming you didn't have tunnel vision and you were just following no, the evidence? No, but
1: it's, like there wasn't a particular <laughs> right? like we're going to do this and therefore Perfect. that because I like we recognize that that it's kind of a thorny subject. Um, and in fact, there's a whole section on cowardice and yeah. how that is really an issue in Canadian society at multiple levels with individuals, institutionally. Um, So Mm. that tempered expectations a little bit. Um, If I were though to pin an objective to this, it would be revealing um, or pulling back the curtain a little bit on the Canadian Anti-Hate Network because they were at the center of this uh, feedback loop between law Mm -hmm. enforcement government, officials, media, and were the original source of misleading information. And presently, they are making a bid for $5 million to the federal government in order to be an anti-hate watchdog. And I, I think that they have disqualified themselves from that, just based on what we saw in those Freedom of Information documents, um, my personal experiences with the organization, Elisa's personal experiences with the organization and some of the people behind it, um, and all of this is detailed in uh, in HateGate. But, you know, if this is something that can galvanize people to take a few minutes out of their day, contact your MP, your federal minister, of parla- uh, member of parliament, um, let them know that this is not an organization that should be receiving taxpayer dollars in order to be a watchdog because the dog is a bit rabid.
0: I don't even know if it's a dog. It's something else. You, it may be supposed to be a dog, but it's not even a dog. It's something else. But were you thinking, hey, this may take down uh, Canadian Anti-Hate Network? Or were you just saying expose, let's let's see where it falls? I, I
1: it, it has to be a let's see where it falls only because there are so many moving parts and variables and people may interpret the information um, differently than we did, right? So mm-hmm. it's now out there in the public domain um, for people to see and kind of understand and process at their own pace. Um, but the, the notion of um, anti-hate formalizing itself as some kind of federal watchdog um, I think it is concerning um, and something that that if people agree with our conclusions, um, now is the time. Now is the time uh, to take action on that.
0: Now, in journalism, typically, almost exclusively, you need two or more sources. You need some sort of cooperation on an original source. Mm-hmm. Clearly, this couldn't happen. There was a single source. So, what do you think about that? That journalists... We're using it. Mainstream media was using it. And, and then it all, of course, made its way to intelligence as well. What happened? It looks like they all dropped the ball on corroborating the source.
1: Yeah, I think um, everyone expected everyone else to do the heavy lifting. And I believe that in the modern journalism landscape, um, the way the industry is set up, the pressures that are on journalists, the fact that most or many are freelance and have sort of precarious jobs that um, they're expected to churn out clickbait. Um, All of those things contributed to something of a sensationalist narrative. Um, Mm. And, you know, there's this culture that has emerged of not really going to the source for the facts and taking an expert's assessment at face value and running with that. Um, And then, you know, once it's out there in the media, other media tend to quote the same source. Um, Mm -hmm. And, of course, what we saw here was law enforcement doing open source intelligence. Um, And, you know, that uh, resulted in media articles that they then fed back to the media uh, and to government officials. So... You know, it, it uh, as I say, I think everyone expected everyone else to be doing their jobs and took shortcuts, um, but you know, it, with problematic results.
0: Okay, well that's unfortunate. Um, I am actually going to tell you something that I think maybe you'll surprise, or maybe not. It depends how you see this. After reading this report, I had more confidence in the intelligence agencies in Canada. Does that make any sense to you? Um.
1: If I, I mean, I'll maybe let you explain, I can see how that might be the case. So I'm interested to hear from you on why that is so.
0: I, Cause I, after the Rollo commission and after listening to the POEC, everybody except OPP, OPP, I think did a good job, but everybody else really, really made me disappointed that they just don't know what they're doing. So I actually came in with really low expectations going through the document. I saw some resistance to the narrative and I saw some people raising some flags that built my confidence up a bit more. So I started like basically on ground zero and I'm seeing some of the people actually doing what they should be doing, including mm-hmm. that one who was raising the flag. I can't remember her name, Little. I think the last one was Little or something like that. It's, that raised, <clears throat> yeah, that raised my confidence. In it. I'm not at the top. <laughs> There's a lot of room still to go. It's a tall building and we're just breaking the surface here. But I did come in there with a lot less expectation and it, it's, it's actually helping me a little bit.
1: And you know, another sort of, point to draw some comfort from. Um, Jeremy McKenzie has never been charged with terrorism offenses, nope. sedition, um, anything remotely of that nature. Um, so at some point checks and balances came into play. Uh, the disappointing aspect is how um people again relied on each other, kind of didn't do the homework, nobody took him up on his offer to speak directly with law enforcement yeah. and you know that it created and contributed to a frenzy but at the end of the day you're you're correct that there were a few who saw what was going on encouraged pumping of the brakes um and you know the fact that we were able to access these documents at all um itself is mm-hmm. a positive thing to consider correct. right there are countries where yeah that this would never come about because it's not even an option. So as much as it's important to be critical, um, you know, there's aspects that we can appreciate.
0: That's a really good point too. The fact that you got, or the person filed got anything back is a good step. And I am surprised sometimes as a result of an FOI that actually returns really damning information. So somebody over there read it because they, they have a department that does this. Uh, and I guess they're doing a decent job in that department. Now, there is still redaction and this whiteout stuff that you're talking about as well. And you'll never know what documents should be there that weren't there. You've highlighted some like attachments that you might be able to get after the fact. But you're right. Overall, it is a transparency progress or process and it does seem to work sometimes. So mm-hmm. that is good because you're right. In other countries, there would be a shredder involved. There'd be a no, you don't get anything uh, as a response. But totally. this is adding some confidence. You're right. So do you think the next result will be good? Like, I think I read in there that this is like a part one or to expect more. Are you working on a part two already?
1: Um, like there's a lot of threads that can be further unraveled. Um, so, you know, the past week, um, has been uh, a bit, uh, there's these marches that are taking place. Um, there are still news sources that rely on the anti-hate network. Um, mm-hmm. There is this diplomacy debacle with India where the prime minister hasn't really clearly sourced what information is being relied on. And what comes to mind is Marco Mendocino making statements and law enforcement scrambling to yeah. provide evidence. Right. So there are still like issues. Um, so there's nothing that's... Uh, what's in progress right now is the product that we have and making sure that as many people can see it as possible, um, you know, and and talking to individuals who I might otherwise never have connected with. Um, but we have a common interest as Canadian citizens to make sure that our processes and institutions and the checks and balances are functional and operational, um, because, you know, if, if this can happen and it's easier for it to happen, um, to someone who is portrayed as unsympathetic in the media, um, who, you know, some will find offensive or brash or what have you, but ultimately it has nothing to do with Jeremy McKenzie, whether people like him or not, whether they see him as funny or not, whether they see him as, um, harmful or not. It, 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 it's a much bigger issue than that. And normalizing the processes that allowed this to happen, um, that only leads us to a dark place. So that's the current project, uh, making sure that as many people are aware of what's going on um, and continuing now to call out in real time where we see distortions uh, and misrepresentations, because that should be nipped in the bud.
0: You would hope so, for sure. Now, I wonder if our 5 eye partners are disappointed in the quality of our intelligence that we shared, or if that's just the norm? Is that like a regular Tuesday for them? I'm curious on on what their thoughts are about the uh, caliber of that. Do you have Very any questions?
1: Um, so we know that New Zealand and Washington were both interested in uh, reports on Diagon. Um That was an example of the report attached being redacted so we don't actually know what was said we don't know if the report indicates hey yeah this was in the news but turns out it was a nothing burger our apologies or if it was a repetition of statements that said well we haven't found anything yet but that doesn't mean it couldn't exist uh so it's hard to know what the five eyes learned um, but uh, for sure, the 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 process in which it came on anyone's radar and how long insane. it stayed on the radar, like there's no real explanation for that.
0: Yeah, because if I was a partner, an intelligence partner, I'd be like, "This is garbage. Look what happened. We found out it's no good." Um, I wonder if we can encourage citizens in the other four, five I countries, so U.S., New Zealand, Australia, and U.K., if they would go file uh, FOIs, the equivalent in their countries, to get the other side too. Um, the, the U.S. may may not redact that particular document where Canada did. Um, so it might be a way to get additional information from the other 5i members that may fill in some of the gaps. Would yeah, you encourage that? As you're here
1: and listening, I endorse that idea. Because <laughs> there's all sorts of mechanisms and processes, you know, in our imperfect democracies that can mm-hmm. still yield results. And I, I hear a lot all the time um, people are fed up or hopeless uh, about the way things are going um, but you know I, I don't see that it's an option to just abandon let it continue to deteriorate like the time will pass regardless and mm-hmm. whether it's passing in a way that we're advancing to something positive or going down a, a slippery negative slope like we can't control it. we can only control ourselves, but make use of these processes.
0: I like it. I like it a lot. And you, one thing that may come out of this is you just encourage people to do other FOIs for other things. Uh, a couple of months we might see VAxgate. A couple of months we might see indoctrination gate. Like we might see all these other ones start to come out as people realize the power of the FOIs. Um, another thing I've seen as a technique or as tactic is you make a second one. And the second time to go through, sometimes things get through that didn't get through the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, you could come up with a different department and maybe go to the justice this time, and not necessarily to where you went the first time—not you personally, but whoever did it. Um, okay. You can hit the government a couple times and shake that tree a couple times, and sometimes more fruit comes out as well. Mm-hmm. So, I have a feeling somebody's going to get really good at FOIs, and uh, <laughs> we're going to start doing these. I, I'm actually thinking about it curiously here. Maybe there should be a citizen group that does basically that. FOIs all the time. Database it, coordinate it, make it available public.
1: Um, There's a a lawyer, Michael Tepper, um, who is actually, you know, um, very active in the FOI department. Um, So I encourage people to check him out on Twitter. Um, And, you know, there may be some tips or tricks that uh, you'll pick up from his feed.
0: Yeah. And Paul Westhaven, I think, in Nova Scotia, yep. he's another good one. Yep. He, he gets lots, he gets lots of those. And he does that just on his dime. Uh, that's, that's pretty cool citizen. It's almost citizen journalism when you're going after a, a source of information like that.
1: Yep. And, and now, like, oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: No, 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 continue, please.
1: Like in this case, you know, there can be multiple sort of roles that people fill. So I didn't mm. request the information, but it came to me. And then I was able to connect with Elisa and together we were able to produce this and other people have the skills to present the same information in different ways. So, you know, it, uh, it's citizens working together, um, mm-hmm. holding the government to account. And I think that that is an antidote to the polarization that we experience where it's citizen versus citizen, because, you know, political differences aside, um, as long as we can work toward a goal that is empowering to people, I think that that's the right track.
0: So, clearly, CBC has had you on, they've interviewed you for several hours, they're really interested in a story, you went to Global after, then went up to CTV, right? Did you do that yet?
1: I think that media is coming to terms uh, or not with its role in Mm -hmm. what occurred. And there's absolutely an opportunity here um, to save face and to not just for the purpose of optics, but to reassess processes and make sure Mm -hmm. that we're holding ourselves to the highest standard Um, So I remain optimistic that there will be buy-in. And as I said, I'm in contact with various journalists, but there are obstacles to getting this kind of story out. Mm -hmm. Um, Having said that, um, there is a reporter, Lisa Joy, from Saskatchewan, who's been very brave in tackling the report and some of the underlying premises. Um, so SASC Today is the paper. Um, there are long-form pieces. I highly recommend uh, checking that out.
0: Okay, I'm excited because at least somebody's starting to look at it, and that may get the rest of their colleagues to look at it. It usually takes one to open that door, and then a bunch could follow. Uh, you need courage, as one of your, your chapters were or your sections were, and maybe SASC Today has some of that. That would be kind of neat. <laughs> now, if you were to... First, after you, re- you released it, did you find any errors? Are there any corrections in there? Yes. Or it, was it, good? it
1: upsets me to look at the document at this point.
0: Um. <laughs> yeah. Spelling, <laughs> grammar, or evidence?
1: Well, there's a couple of typos. There's some pictures that I didn't get a chance to include. Um, mm. You know, at, at a certain point, it's like, it, it was time sensitive as well. Right. Um, so, you know, if I had, more a few hours a few days a few weeks a few months we would have had a more refined and different product um Mm -hmm. but i'm like very proud of of what we accomplished in that time frame and there may be a version 2.0 that comes out um that's a little bit tighter um in kind of the aspects that uh, that annoy me no heading, worries that kind of thing no a bit
0: of a perfectionist <laughs> as well it bothers me I, I did a book uh, 200 something pages and yeah there's a couple in there and I can't sleep much well it happens <laughs> um what was I gonna do with that so the artwork you did an incredible job that was all you
1: um I actually I work with um an amazing illustrator um uh, and have been doing political cartoons since 2019 um on a variety of subjects um Mm -hmm. and so this kind of came about as images popped up um you know and in some of the writing it it evokes imagery um other times it's just a way to distill an otherwise complicated concept into an image that then is, is a point of reference for people to interpret right it's it's just it, it taps into, I think, a different part of the brain. Um, so mm. th- that's, like I said, it it takes a team to put something like this together.
0: Okay. Now uh, you also mentioned it was time sensitive. So what was the urgency? Was there a specific date you wanted to get it done, or a specific thing you wanted to get it out before?
1: Yeah. Actually, nine um, eleven kind of
0: was your deadline. was a running.
1: It was a running theme um, in some of our stories and the ways that we intersected. And so it was important just on a symbolic level, um, to release the initial teaser on that day. Um, and then the documents were released the following day and then the story in its entirety was released. So it was gotcha. kind of a, a three-part process. Um, and, and that was deliberate. Um, and yeah, the, the symbolism behind it, it, it just like, the way our stories intersect and how weirdly enough 9-11 just plays a, a role of a hub in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it I, I couldn't imagine doing it any differently.
0: Did you have a bit of a team bringing things forward to you or did you literally read all 1100 pages and, and pull out what you needed?
1: We read everything together. The two of us. There was no one. Uh, uh, so, 11 reading.
0: days, yeah. you read 1,100 pages. So, average 100 pages a day. Summarize. No, 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 well, no. first, you'd have no, to read no, no, it all. No.
1: We had to read it within three, four days. because Correct. Because you have now.
0: to summarize after yeah. that.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. The, the writing took um, the bulk of the time. And yeah, it, 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 to be fair, there were other people who were simultaneously reading the documents. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we would get kind of pinged and, Hey, did you notice this or see that, um, here and there, but it, it, you have to consume it all all. because uh, without that holistic view, it's impossible to see or understand patterns.
0: Correct. It would be like looking at that wall with all the strings, but only looking at like one page and mm-hmm. somebody else did the others and why are the strings there, you're not even sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. But it is kind of handy to have other people just, Hey, from my perspective, this one's important. And you're like, Oh, okay, I got it. Mm-hmm. But you've already consumed it, but now you see another perspective.
1: Yes. Yes. And, and there <clears> were some, um, yeah, there, there, like one, um, shoot, I don't want to get his name wrong. I think it's Nate. Um, but he had put out a video um, and raised a point about the RCMP surveilling but not participating or understanding a culture, um, and that that like the way it was articulated made a lot of sense. And so that mm-hmm. was something that you know made its way into uh, the final analysis.
0: Now, surely you're expecting a debunk to happen at some point. That always happens when people do things like this. Uh, Has one happened yet? Uh, Is that on your radar? And did you even maybe not expect one of those?
1: What's happening so far is people who haven't read it um, are kind of jumping to negative conclusions um, or people who purport to have read it are doing the same. Um, There's not much in the substance, in my view, that's being challenged. Um, Mm -hmm. It's ironically um, much of the same tactics that we describe in the report itself smear by association, um, trying to label it as white nationalist propaganda. I've heard that one a few times. Um,
0: Clearly you'll represent that group well.
1: You know, it's not even that a racialized person, a brown person, a black person, whatever, can't have or harbor racist sentiments. Um, Even racist sentiments that are to their detriment, right? Like, that's not an impossibility. But is that me? No. (laughs) So (laughs) it's just, you know, it's, it's lazy takedowns from people Mm -hmm. who are resorting to lazy strategies in order to discredit in the hopes that others don't actually look at it and assess it on its merits. So can I take that seriously or to heart? Not really, right? It's whatever. But you wrote
0: a whole document about what they do here. You can't right. be surprised when they do <laughs> so it. So
1: go ahead, <laughs> right? Go ahead, yeah. prove my point. That's fine, mm-hmm. you know. And as I said, there are people who might read the same documents and come to different conclusions. Um, maybe people who have, um, for example, law enforcement background. That's not that me. That was my next question. Right? Yeah. I I'm a lawyer, so I deal with an aspect of the justice system, but I would never purport to understand every investigative technique, so on, so forth. So there may be someone Mm -hmm. who looks at this and says, hang on, you said this, but actually, and like I am open and receptive to that kind of feedback because ultimately we just want to understand what's going on here, right? We just want to understand. So if there's people who have additional insight, fabulous, bring it but like let's deal with the substance
0: that's kind of what i'm hoping i'm hoping someone from intelligence whether they're still in it or not uh, they review it as well because you may get things like well this is not our procedure here's actually how we're supposed to do it or if we get a media request this is actually what we're supposed to do so somebody with like intelligence from that side of actual procedures which won't come out in the FY response that may be very beneficial both sides you may learn that, no, oh, this is very normal that we do this, or no, this is way off base. Um, I can imagine we just had the someone
1: in- being like, transported into a courtroom with no real sort of understanding of the legal system and then finding it very odd and maybe even suspicious that the lawyers keep calling each other my friend, and he's his friend, and he's also his friend, and what does this mean? They're all connected, mm-hmm. when in fact that's just like a formality that we have adopted and it's so routine and nothing to raise an eyebrow at. Right. So I know that about my Mm. own industry, that there's weird stuff that an outsider may not understand or appreciate. So, you know, if the insiders have insight, please, by all means.
0: Absolutely. And if there's whistleblowers that know a little bit more, please, this might be a good time to come out for this. We like whistleblowers. It may encourage somebody to come forward, even just to help clarify things or fill in gaps or, or just give you guys some more understanding. It might be helpful as well. Now, if somebody released, you know, an unredacted version and somebody leaked something to you, would you use that? Would you look at that or, or would you be cautious about that?
1: I, I would have to be cautious. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that it's not uh, like I'd look at it, but um, without being able to verify authenticity, you have to be careful, right? Um, And in this case, I was able to do that um, Mm -hmm. and felt confident about what we received and looked at.
0: That's an excellent point, actually, because the results of an FOI is trackable. You know where it came from. And you can even, if you had to use that in court, you can show the authenticity. But if someone leaked it, you could have printed it. You could have made it. You have no idea. That's a good point. Uh, Try FOI first, see what you get. Do a second FOI to try and expose the things he you found that's missing and take it that way because then you can at least show where it came from and use that in court and stuff like that. Has anybody approached you so far to use it in court? Not necessarily your documents. I don't think your document is admissible, but the source documents would certainly be.
1: Not at this stage. Um, no. Um, and in any event, you know, we would have to put them in touch with the original requester of documents. Correct. Um, you yeah, You know, if that's something that people need or they think it would be helpful, um, I'm happy to try and facilitate that.
0: Well, I can tell you two of the lawyers for the Kutzman, uh have a copy. Uh, they're going through the uh, PDF. And I suspect they may have some questions about getting the original uh, submitter to affidavit, give a copy and possibly use some of it <laughs> uh, because that's really the root of their issues. So the mm-hmm. Kutzmen's have this conspiracy to commit murder charge on them. And the conspiracy part is associated, according to the RCMP when they did their press conference, a nationwide group that has leadership outside of Alberta and resources outside of Alberta that was coordinating to do something to Canada, mini coup or something like that was what they're implying. I believe these documents vitiate that, like there's no proof of that. Uh, The courts here in Alberta have not brought forward any additional charges on anybody inside or outside of Alberta, leader or not, resource provider or not. None of this has happened out here. So I'm curious if these documents can help tell the story here in Alberta about the charges that these gentlemen are under right now. Uh, I'm wondering, what do you think? Because I know the, new, the coots came up a couple of times in the document. Because when Me I too. got the documents, the first word I searched for was coots to see what's going on, because uh, this is basically what I do all day. Um, and I saw some stuff in there.
1: So with the caveat that I'm not as plugged into that case, um, simply due to publication bans and not being proximate, to the courthouse, so I my knowledge is fairly limited. Um, but the main connection to Coots was the what appeared to be homemade patches on the vest, um, the diagonal mm-hmm. patches, and that was used Perfect. to link it to Jeremy McKenzie to a broader scheme, and the fact that Jeremy had met um, Chris Lysak, I think, twice at a barbecue.
0: Uh, yeah, well, once or, I think twice. Two, time, two times at the barbecue. I don't okay. think two separate occasions, but twice at the barbecue. One picture.
1: In, in yeah, in any event, um, right? Like the, a fairly shallow, superficial acquaintance, um, not yeah, someone who not nothing that would support the aspersions that came out of it. Um, and what's interesting is there was another patch. Um, with insignia for a different group that got zero media attention. Mm -hmm. So it it was very selective in deciding what facts to elevate, what facts to ignore or suppress. Um, And Coots, when Marco Mendicino on, I think, February 16th made a statement um, about the arrest and how that was connected to, you know, an extremist group with leadership in Ottawa. um, That was the statement that was made fairly off the cuff that media then asked RCMP for clarification and RCMP Mm -hmm. Googled, you know, news articles and quoted that back to the media for the media to report back to us. So it, it, it was probably the most um, blatant example of, things working in the wrong order and not actually uh, being about a, any sort of truth finding or fact finding mission.
0: Well, if you ever want to expand on the coot stuff online, offline, you can hit me up. Uh, I know that well. I even know the uh, publication bans, what they actually apply and what isn't applied. Uh, and I do speak to two of the gentlemen frequently. So, and Lysick is one of them and Chris Carbert's the other one, and he's the one that also kind of likes some stuff online. So those are the only two connections at all. And I also know the guy who created and passed out those patches, I found him. Uh, I've been searching all over the place for these people. I'm currently in Lethbridge right now because I just saw Chris uh, Carbert about an hour ago. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, So yeah, if you're looking for somebody on the ground who's sniffing around a lot of this, I'd be happy to share some notes. Um, Maybe there'll be a Hate Gate West or something like that uh, (laughs) that comes out of this, the West Gate. we might get some more information as well because uh, yeah there's a bunch of freedom of information requests i think we should be making out here now that we're inspired but what you guys have done now this is a big deal for you is this one of the biggest things you've done um, when it comes to putting something together and, and getting it out there in the in media
1: yeah this is the longest um sort of document i've ever put together and the one that um sort of bore with it the most
0: risk fruit risk, fruit okay. and
1: risk right but no risk no reward um mm-hmm. it's still you know uh, there's i'm I'm so grateful for the people who read it absorbed it and took it for what it is which is an opportunity to ask questions and mm-hmm. self examine right it's not purporting to be anything much beyond that um you know and, but i there's also lack and pushback from people who think this is a stone best left as is, yeah. right? Just leave it. <laughs> um, because nothing good can come of it. And, you know, it, it is, a it's a scary pace to be when you're following mm-hmm. a moral compass with an unknown destination. Um, wow. and that's kind of <laughs> where we're at right now, but it, it, felt important to do. So on on a personal level, yes, this, you know, was, it it wasn't something I ever expected, uh, Mm -hmm. to be doing. So it just, yeah, it's, it's big in that sense.
0: Yeah. And I kind of know what you mean by that. Cause when I got into this a lot more, the coot side of things, it's the RCMP who may have did some bad deeds out here. We're not sure, you know, we're still waiting for an envelope to be opened and the contents to be talked about. So we're not really sure, but, um, I definitely make sure I come to a full stop. I signal all turns and I don't speed anymore. Uh, the RCMP is my jurisdiction around here. So I'm not saying there's anything to really be worried about, but, uh, I don't really want to cross their paths at this point in time. Are you feeling that way at all? Like, do you feel like there's something on your phone and maybe something banging at your door? I don't know. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, there's someone banging on the ceiling right now.
0: Um, so yeah. that could
1: be that. I thought he
0: never networks really going <laughs> all out to just end this stream, <laughs> aren't they? They rent it above you, and bam. <laughs> um,
1: I have to believe, you know, even knowing what I do about things that can go wrong in systems, I, I have to believe that. I did not do anything criminal and therefore mm-hmm. have nothing to worry about in that regard.
0: Well, that's a pretty interesting take to have when you read this document and they did nothing but fabricate criminal anything. Otherwise I
1: will go crazy. So I have to tell You're myself not wrong. that I didn't do any, and because it's true, I haven't done anything criminal. Um, so I guess this, this podcast will kind of refer to this in the event <laughs> of,
0: <laughs> well, I'll give you an affidavit. We will put this as admissible in court and we'll clear you right away. okay uh side question where can I get that shirt that uh, hoodie? Is that something we can order? Or is that printed for you or
1: This was a special uh this was a gift actually um but I should make them available as shirts, eh
0: Hey, who, how, how can we support the next version? You can maybe buy this that's stuff. Uh, this is,
1: yes. You no, know, I don't have the mind for merchandising, um, but that's smart. So
0: That's all you it. need to do, what you have right there. Okay. Nothing else. You don't okay. have to do anything else. That will sell. And that's the, the hashtag you want out there anyways. Yeah,
1: hashtag hate gate. We've been trending. Um, I think yesterday actually was the first day where um, it fell off the map for a little bit because there were a lot of other things going on across the country. Um, Yeah, the march kind of knocked it off, right? Yeah. Yeah. But um, for over a week, we trended every single day on Twitter. Um, And, you know, as much as the platform is going through some stuff right now, it's still not an easy thing to find yourself on on the trending list. Um, So that to me says that people are looking. Um, and you know, that, that's all I can ask for that people look and look with an open mind and you know, the rest will follow.
0: Absolutely. And I think people are doing that. I'm going to touch on Ezra a little bit here. Okay. So Ezra, he's been a thorn in my side. I've been a thorn in his side. We don't see eye to eye on the Kutzman situation, mostly because of his, um, position on diagonal and the association to the Kutzman. um. Basically, from day one, he's believed that narrative. I got to tell you, uh, behind the scenes, a lot of people we talk with, uh, Ezra has changed his tone ever since your hate gate came out. Now, I'm not saying he's going to join the group and get get a Philip uh, statue or anything like that, um, but he definitely seems to be changing his tone. When it comes to dealing with people out here in alberta related to the coot situation so i'm very happy about that so i just want to put this on the record ezra if you're listening i know you don't like me but i'm really impressed that you seem to be changing your tone and you know what i mean you know exactly what i mean there, buddy. Um, so you may have gotten into ezra's head in a positive way this time by providing him at least the ability to download 1100 pages and start taking another look at this stuff himself um, he's not a dumb guy he's a really smart guy but if you put garbage in you get garbage out so there's a chance you may have put something else in there for him because he's changed his tone there's some stuff happening back uh back here that's really positive when it comes to that now if this does turn out to be the case he does some positive things in alberta and it is because of his position has changed on now i'm not going to say he likes diagon but i'm going to say he may be able to disconnect it from the kutzman now if he ends up doing that should we send you a statue should we, should, we, should we give you a town in alberta like you may you may have changed some things around here because that would be a really really big thing for us if ezra came out and got the narrative correct
1: remains to be seen and i'll think about uh, you know what we will take as our tribute
0: <laughs> well, well, if it's a statue, I hope it stays up. I hope nobody tears it tears it down later. But
1: <laughs> yeah, please well, never make me into a statue. Goodness knows that. Fast
0: well, forward. normally I ask people bronze or gold. Which one do you want uh, for your statue? <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I'm sincere about that because uh, there's a particular issue, that, and Ezra knows about this. He's he's the one that came out here to talk people. Uh, but he's definitely changed his tone. Um, again, he's not saying anything like hey i like jeremy i want to go for coffee with him but uh he's now making moves that he wouldn't have made before and uh, i'm excited i'm excited and the, the only thing that changed in the last two weeks would have been hate gate so um yeah maybe you may have uh you may have put some more stuff in that head of his in order to him to see the see the light a little bit better and only good things will come from that so i'm speculating but I actually do have some evidence because he actually has changed his behavior on something, um, and he wasn't before. So uh, I'm curious. I'm curious to see where that one goes, and I'll report back to you. Uh, When things can go public, uh, I'll let you know that. Um, Okay, cool. So we got about about half an hour left, and I definitely want to respect your time uh, because I don't want you to make an expose on me, so we'll make sure we keep you happy. Uh, And by the way, it would be a very short one (laughs) if you did one on me. But um, do you have anything else in the works? Are, Are you cooking anything else at this time that you can share with us or are you pretty focused on this right now
1: um like i said the the focus right now is on this um Mm -hmm. and just making sure that it gains the legs that it needs because if it just sits in you know an inbox or on a shelf like many many reports are doomed to do um it Mm -hmm. doesn't like do much good right um so being able to talk to people like yourself um, and just kind of clear up misconceptions, make it clear as well what it isn't, um, mm-hmm. because I don't think um, that Hategate is uh, a total condemnation of the Emergencies Act. It only focuses no. on a very narrow, discrete, specific issue, um, which is relevant for consideration. But, mm-hmm. you know, I... I and this is the lawyer in me, I don't like overstating things. Um, So we take it sort of for what it is, for the value that it provides, but I I, I am making myself available to assist anyone who wants to better understand uh, what it actually means and what it doesn't mean.
0: Okay, that's really cool, and I like that a lot. Now, when you are putting these together... Did you get paid? Is this volunteer? Uh, do you have a client for this? Uh, you don't have you know, to name names, but just curious how, how you were able to spend 11 days on this, probably 12, 14, 15 hours a day to get this done.
1: And like doing this while like still running Trying a practice and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so no, it, it took a, a toll. Um, we're accepting like donations on HateGate to subsidize some of the costs we had and putting up the website and like, we're not even close to compensating for the time, but truly this, this is a passion project. Um, And, you know, I don't have it in me. I don't think to do many more such passion projects. Um, This may be the only one that comes about in this way. Uh, But the stars aligned in such a way that it, it I felt compelled. And that's, like the the long and short of it. Um, it's yeah,
0: not, yeah. No, I, I like that answer too because I understand it completely. I do a lot of my stuff by myself, and we self fund it, uh, because I believe the investment is in Canada, and then Canada will return later if it's prosperous for my children. So I think it's a long term investment uh, what we're doing here. And you're not wrong, you know, the 11 weeks doing your practice, doing the other things, having a life, sleeping, you know, all the things that you have to schedule in there when you're a lawyer, uh, definitely used a lot of your resources and probably, probably need a break. Like, I'm not sure if you're doing a vacation anytime soon, but maybe a long weekend is in order here. Go, go have a good time, go get a massage, go do something.
1: All of that uh, sounds very sorry. healing. yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I've helped you with the merch and I'm going to help you with the relax. Go ahead and uh, take a break, take a break. Um, okay, cool. Now, I do see that we have a hard stop in about seven minutes or so, which is fine with me. Um, you're a very busy person, and at your hourly rate, I can't afford much anyways. Um, <laughs> um, I, I would the end, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now maybe not so much of your effort next time, but maybe you can get a team together because now you've established uh, something that you can do. Uh, I'm sure you're going to attract a lot of very talented people because of this. So are you open to that? Maybe some group can come to you or some people can come to you and offer assistance and maybe something else can come out of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, DMs are open. I've I've like been conversing with people across the political spectrum, across the country. Um, and it's just an invaluable form of creating networks. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I take it as it comes, but uh, I'll circle back to the fact that the Canadian Anti-Hate Network is seeking $5 million in taxpayer money in order to be an like a watchdog. And I, I don't think that any aspect of that is a good idea. Um, so... That's something that I'm encouraging people to look into and to take steps to speak with their elected representatives and just make their stance known.
0: Why don't you submit a proposal for $5 million?
1: I would do great things with $5 million.
0: I'm not kidding. Like, why don't you submit a similar proposal to go ahead and set up a watchdog from your mind because you've already established yourself as a good source for this.
1: There's something, like, not, not a $5 million proposal, um, but I think that I, I really enjoyed working on this project as much as it was heavy. Um, mm-hmm. It was also very joyous in some ways. Yeah. Um, so the the open source kind of concept of that, I think that if that's something um, I can run with, um, and, you know, Elisa and I working together, um, more to come perhaps on Mm -hmm. that, um, that will allow us to sort of replicate, um, not identically, but just broach other subjects, other related subjects, um, and put in a voice of what I think is, uh, reason and measure, because Mm -hmm. there is a tendency in media right now, um, especially like in this industry, the hate industry, um, to exaggerate, to use hyperbole, um, to shave off nuance, and it, it does nothing but create further division. And there are ways to address problematic behavior or prejudice or discrimination, um, that don't alienate people. And, and Mm -hmm. I think that's what we should be striving for. And I'm inspired actually, um, to, to see if that's something that I can do as part of my life's work. Future. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Your mission, your legacy, really be part of your legacy. Um, nci came out with an interim report and said not safe and effective hundreds of hours of audio uh they've had lots of witnesses and a bunch of evidence brought forward not much from the government side so probably a lot of freedom of information requests to fill in some holes but their final call to action was okay we've done all of this collection of evidence now you guys go do something with it that's basically a big foi dump from them that could be something that somebody like you or your group or somebody similar like that should really tackle because there's a lot of information there. So There might be a vax gate or something sitting right there where most it, of that heavy lifting is already be there.
1: someone with a science background um because i admittedly to What does know.
0: science mean anymore? <laughs> 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 Define science. <laughs>
1: someone with, but uh, no yeah yeah but um no I, th- there's there's no shortage of potential sort of scandals Topics, yeah. or rabbit holes, um, and and I think that the the more people who are doing that kind of thing and just like the sunlight as disinfectant, um, I am a firm believer in that approach. Um, that's mm-hmm. been how I document rallies. It's uh, and now it's part of my writing. Um, so, so I think that there's value in that and, uh, it's something I hope to pursue.
0: Well, there's the name of that group, rabbit hole. Um, that's what they're going to be going down a bunch of rabbit holes. Um, okay. Now I like your art and I like the art that was in it, the illustrations. So you worked with somebody on that or some of it came from you as well?
1: Um, no, it, the, the concepts are mine and then the execution is my illustrator. And, An and the illustrated they, book they, might be nice. Yeah, they're, they're anonymous because everyone on the internet's crazy. So
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. So maybe a book of some sort. Would you be open to a book about this? Uh, several chapters or an illustrated book? Technically speaking,
1: art? Um. Technically speaking, anything above forty-eight pages is a book. Um. So we. Well, oh,
0: congratulations! You got oh, a, book. What
1: a book. Um. But I, I, think, um. Yeah. To your point, um. There's like maybe a picture book that can come out of this. Um, Could be, and for kids. It's better than
0: the stuff they're getting now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, there's uh, endless projects, endless projects to pursue, um, and you know, it's uh, I'm gracious, great, like grateful to have um, you know support where we get it to like encourage us to to do that.
0: Actually, I think you're so close to it because you can self-publish on Amazon now. You just basically take this, add a chapter about the results after it was released, so there's a little bit more information in the book. typos. Fix the typos. Yeah, for sure. That's your last chance to do that. And you can have a book done in about a month and, and start putting it out there to help fund the next steps that yeah. you're working on. Yeah. If that's interests you, I've done a self published myself as well. So it really wouldn't take long and I would pro bono it just to get it out there, um, make sure it happened. Cause you're so close and that's how internationally people can get it. And for some reason, when you're talking to people and you say, well, I wrote the book on that. It helps, <laughs> it helps, um, Okay, look, uh, I, I know you're going to be out of time, and I don't want to go into overtime because it's time and a half when that happens. Uh, so <laughs> I have really, really thank you so much. And please, one more for you because this is impressive. We, we are all very happy that this came out, and we were all waiting for it. So thank you so much. I, I appreciate your time, uh, Karima. Well, thank you for having is that, you. Am I saying that right? Am I saying that right, Ka- Karima? Karima, yeah,
1: you got it. I I horrible I'm you know, horrible with it. names. I'm horrible with
0: names. <laughs> wonderful thank you so much and hopefully the I people really upstairs have uh, opened that jar whatever they're pounding up there maybe it's open now um but you can have yourself a great night and congratulations congratulations
1: take care good night everyone
0: good night